Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. So, how do you really know if you're doing what God wants? How do you really know that? I mean, you hear a lot of people saying, this is what God wants. This is what God wants. And, in fact, a lot of people on TV, you hear them talk about that a lot. Yeah, God told me this. And, and in fact, some TV preachers even say, you know, hey, God whispers in my ear. You know, Jesus whispers in my ear and tells me stuff. Now, here's the thing. Are they really doing that? Some of that jazz, I think, has to do with showmanship. And it's almost like a comedy show when you watch some of these guys. And no wonder the world, in general, think it's kind of ridiculous. Now, can Jesus talk to somebody? I believe, yeah, I believe he can. But here's the thing. God's very specific. The first thing he gave us is his word. He gave us the Bible. He gave us the Bible so that we could check all the other weird stuff that comes out of some of these preachers and ministers and whatnot. So, I've been studying the, the book of, uh, of Samuel, actually. And uh, what's interesting is Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. And to be very honest with you, um, one huge problem was is that at that point, at that stage in their life and development as a nation... They wanted to be like other nations. You know, and we slam them for that, but, but how often do we want to be like other people? I mean, people want to fit in. People want to belong, kind of. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's kind of a human condition. So, I don't fault them necessarily for that. But here's what the complication is, is that literally they're rejecting God, they're rejecting God as being their king, quote-unquote, over them. And, and he, that's the way it's referred to in the Bible. God is, you know, God is their king. Now, Saul's an interesting character. And if you wanted to read in 1 Samuel and, the, and, and so forth about Saul, I think he's a good character study. He's a good character study. And... and I almost hate to say character because it sounds like he's fictional, and he's not. He is a historical figure. First of all, it's interesting that Saul was a good-looking dude, and he was tall. He was tall, dark, and handsome. 
you know, uh, I mean, the Bible describes them as being head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel. In addition to the fact that it says he was handsome. He was one of the few people in the Bible that the Bible says this guy was handsome. Uh, Joseph was another dude. Now, you know, so the thing is, there was really no reason that uh, he should have had the problems he had in many in many respects. The complication that Saul had and ran into was that he thought he knew better than other people. In specific, he thought he knew more about God than Samuel. And he's like, uh, I mean, he's, Samuel says, you have to do this. And Saul's like, eh, yeah, do you really have to do it like that? Because I did it like this. And here's, and then time and time again, God rejects what the guy is doing. Why is God rejecting it? It's because God had specific instructions as to how he wanted to be addressed. For example, Saul got sick of waiting one day and, and went ahead and lit up a sacrifice himself. Didn't wait on Samuel. Samuel was tarrying, you know. Got delayed. So Saul got all impatient and just, you know, just lit the fire up himself. Well, the problem is he wasn't a priest. That wasn't his job. It's amazing, you know, and, and, and then when Samuel addresses that to Saul and says, Hey, look, you did that. I was just trying to please God. I was just trying to please God. You know, and what's crazy is um, that seems to be kind of the thing that a lot of preachers do nowadays. And that's their excuse. I'm just trying to try, I'm just trying to please God. I'm just trying to please I'm just trying to do what the Lord says. Well, if you're not following the Bible, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not what God said you needed to be doing. And it's amazing how many people say, Well, you know, hey, I've got a great ministry going on here, you know. I mean, look at all the fun look at all the wonderful stuff that's going on, man. All these all these mission projects and all these people we got coming in and all these nickels numbers and noise we got going on. It never sinks into these guys' minds that God is maybe working around them. Just because you see results in the kingdom of God does not mean you're part of it. The way you know you're part of it is if you're following what God said. Yeah. If you're following what God says, which is his word, then you know. Okay, I'm part of it. In a lot of ways... Evangelism is really cool that way because you can be part of a process. You know, I, I, it, it amazes me when we when we talk about sharing the gospel with people. I'm I'm going out to save souls. I'm going out to save souls. You don't save anybody. <laughs> you don't save anybody. God saves people. The Spirit of God 
is the one who pulls people and then does the transformation. Our job is to put the message out there. Our job isn't to save souls. Our job is to speak the word. That's our job. God's job is to save souls. That's what he does. Now, that may sound like I'm splitting hairs, you know. Well, you're just getting all wrapped up in the terminology. Well, yeah, because in a way, it kind of sounds kind of prideful. You know how many souls I saved last year? None. <laughs> because God saved them all. Yeah. And guess what? You got blessed because you got to be part of the process. How about that? Um, I had a really lengthy discussion with a friend of mine concerning, among other things, just ministerial mindsets about different things. It's sad in many ways. Um, when I hear... Uh, I heard a pastor, my pastor, say, well, I couldn't do that because of the schedule I've got at the church. Well, I couldn't do that. And he's talking about different things having to do with individual people in their lives. And, I, you know, I mean, a pastor, I get it. You know, they're busy people. But then I'm, you know, and then I hear, you know, well, I'm working on you know, 60 hours at the church. I'm thinking, dang, man, what are you doing? <laughs> 60 Sixty tripping hours. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Are you copying the Bible? Are you like translating Hebrew? I don't understand. And it's a fifty-fifty problem we we have, and I've mentioned this before. Part of the problem is is that you got pastors that are taking on jobs that they shouldn't be taking on because their primary job is to study and teach, and to grow the congregation. That's half the problem. The other problem is the congregation is enabling that bad behavior. And I don't say bad behavior because it's not like evil bad. It's just not productive for the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because the people are supposed to be doing the ministry. Once again, ministers, are their primary job is to equip the people in the pew. The people in the pew go and do the ministry. Now, if God has spoken, impressed upon the minister's hearts a particular mission, for example, feed the homeless, you know, reach out to this particular country, this particular group, some kind of mission like that, I get that. Yeah, I'm not knocking that at all. But the issue is, the people are supposed to be doing the ministry. They're the ministry. Everybody's a minister. Everybody. If you believe in Jesus, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are a minister. End of story. Solamente punto. That's it. So the thing is, it's very important to remember, though, there's a 50-50 problem, though, going on now. 
And I can't even, you know, a lot of the problems that we have, oddly enough, come from the Middle Ages and the Reformation. Um, and if you know your church history, you can kind of trace that jazz back. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Some fantastic stuff also happened in the Reformation and in uh, the Middle Ages. However, uh, one of the one of the most damaging things I think is this split between laity and clergy. Ladies and gentlemen, there ain't no such split that doesn't exist in the Bible because. The leaders in the synagogue, the leaders in the church, were really just designed to help the people do their job, which is ministry. And they're not any better, or worse, hopefully, than anyone in the pew, as far as status goes, in the eyes of God. In fact, they're supposed to be servants to the servants, which means if the servants are slaves, then they're slaves to the slaves. Unfortunately, there are a lot of churches that take that really literal and then starve their ever-loved poo out of their ministers and work them to bloom in death so they can't ever be the example, quote-unquote, that they're wanting to look at. But, let's get back to Saul for a second. Saul actually thought he was doing God some favors. There were times, and if you go through the book of Samuel, it sounds like he just kind of honestly believed in some ways. And you wonder, the text doesn't really tell you. You know, maybe he was a little dense, but uh, it apparently looks like he was thinking, hey, I'm pleasing God. Only problem is he's not doing what God asked him to do. For example, in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, the situation where God says, go in and wipe out the Amalekites. If it's breathing, make it dead. Well, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not what Saul did. First of all, he took the king alive captive, and then he, he got all the really, really good stuff, all the uh, oxes and lambs and all that stuff, all the good goods, all the best of that jazz, and he kept that alive too. God said, if it breathes, it's dead. <laughs> that was the instructions. That's not what happened. Now, you might be thinking, wow, that's kind of limit harsh. But there was a reason for that. One which I'm not going to go into with just at this point, but here's the thing. That was God's instructions. God had a reason for it. And instead, Samuel says, Dude, Samuel shows up and says, Saul, hey, hey, what's this guy doing alive? And what's all this uh, livestock over here alive? Um, that's not what God said. And the answer that Saul gave was, well, I kept all the best stuff for God, and we're going to sacrifice it all to God. That's not what God asked you to do. <laughs> it's not what God asked you to do. Now, in our lives, 
Even today, we get that way. We think we know better than God. Better than the Bible. And we tell ourselves that. And we justify stuff and rationalize junk. And we're really dang good at it. Just like Saul was. No, I was giving, I'm giving the best stuff to God. That's not what God told you to do. <laughs> so, when you go through your life and you're looking at stuff, did God really ask you to do what you're doing? I mean, did he do that? Are you working with God on your life? Because if you're not studying the Bible on a regular basis, that's going to be hard. Because then you're guessing. And that's kind of what Saul was doing. And by the way, things turned out really badly for Saul. And we don't want any of that to happen to us. So, with that in mind, study the Word. And try to follow it the way God explains it. And if you don't know, then guess what? Part of the job of your pastor, in fact, the primary job of your pastor, is to help explain that stuff. That's why they're the pastor. That's why in the Greek it's pastor-teacher. Pastor-teacher. There's, you, you, if, you, if you have a pastor, if you're staring at a pastor, you should be staring at a teacher. If the guy says, I don't teach, then he ain't no pastor. Because that's not what that title is. And that's biblical. And look it up. You know, if you don't believe me, that's cool. Look it up for yourself. For, so, look. I want to encourage you, though, always to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.